Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of The Conspiracy Farm. I am your ever-faithful co-host, Jeffrey Wilson, riding shotgun with my guy, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich. That's a pretty swank shirt you have on there, sir. You like that? Yeah, it's yours, It's not as good as mine, but, you know, I think it's pretty sweet. (laughs) And you, too, can pick up your Conspiracy Farm shirt at the PayPal link that is on uh, all of our videos and such, and specify to the seller, the size, the color, where you live, so we know where to send this bad boy. Uh, 25 bucks. that includes the shipping and the handling, and um, you too can look cool just like me and Pat. Pat and I. <laughs> and don't start out don't start out a podcast saying you're guy because some people might read into that now mind you there's nothing wrong with that but i i just did a i just did a seminar not that long ago and i said my my partner don my partner don because he's my business partner in my law enforcement military training company and it was a rape prevention class and the women were walking up to the lady that hosted it at her gym and they said, is Pat, is Pat gay? Is Pat gay? After I left, right? It would have been nice if they would have asked while I was there. I will. I will, yeah, I will. So maybe. Uh, my partner in crime, my co-host in our broadcast in a completely, you know, heterosexual manner, ladies and gentlemen. Pat Militich is with us today. All right. Thank you. So and, yeah, today, man, we we this is part two of our. We did an episode last week. Um, George Pardos, former retired Marine. Sorry, not former retired Marine, gave us his kind of acoustic and ballistic kind of forensic analysis on the shots, etc. Um, this week we have a writer, journalist, um, who's I'm a huge fan of her work. Um, she's been following a great many of stories. This among one of them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, join. Uh, she's joining us today, Mrs. Patricia Negron. How you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I said, we did a show last week and the conversation, you know, Trish, the more questions I see or no answers we seem to get, the more questions we have on this Las Vegas situation. And last Uh, week, last week, we focused on a lot of the tactical, you know, knowledge that, that a Marine would be able to offer us. He's been in combat, things like that. He would be able to talk about specifics of a shooting, um, right. of, you know, fatigue, of shooter's cone, all the other stuff that goes on with with combat shooting and being in in that type of environment. And, you know, but there's so much more to this. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people have come forward with incredible video and uh, other journalists like um, Jake Morphonius and Matt Couch, Laura Loomer, of course. I right. don't know if you saw. She forced yeah. the Las Vegas sheriff to change the timeline yeah, uh, exactly. for Stephen Paddock's um, stay at the hotel. And she did it publicly. And as a result, I don't know if you saw that uh, independent media was barred from the last press conference that they held. Right. But they don't, they so, don't want independent um, folks, citizen journalists, so to speak, asking the questions that they right. don't want to have to answer, right? That's exactly right. And and Jake Morphonius actually uncovered a homeless individual. I don't know if you heard about um, he encountered this gentleman who was selling who had been selling weapons that he had stolen out of a white truck 
that had a very unusual license plate on it. And I believe it was Blood 2 or something like that. And uh, it also turns out that one of the weapons that he ended up selling to someone the night before the shooting or in the days leading up to the shooting was a revolver, very much like the one that was pictured with the body of what we're told is Stephen Paddock in that supposed suicide shot. Which has all kinds of problems with it, you know, in addition, right. of right. course. But then there turned up another piece of video of individuals dressed in camo, with one of those masks, a ski mask over one of the faces that I could make out, were unloading heavy uh, weaponry from a white truck, which appeared not to have a license plate in, at all in this particular video, but there was an awaiting helicopter, you know, maybe 10, 15 yards away. I, so, I, I saw that. Um, I saw that. Now, could that have been, could that have been Vegas SWAT loading up and it, going up into the air to look for the shooters? Of course. We don't know what that right. was. And and these are all just data points that are coming together in what we hope will tell us the whole story about what happened. Yeah, but and there was, there was no time st- Was there a time stamp at all ever found on that video of the helicopter? Which one? The one in the air or the one no, on the, the ground? No, the one on the ground that they were loading. They were pulling weapons out of the out of the vehicle and putting putting into the helicopter. That, I don't recall seeing yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't so... see a time stamp with that, but you've obviously seen the video of the flashes coming out of the helicopter in the air, right? That's right. And That's it's, right. It's, and they're not um, they're not the the warning lights or anything on a helicopter or a, or an aircraft that you would normally see. You could see the flashes going downward toward the ground, separate from That's the right. lights and on the helicopter. That's right. And they move. Yeah, right. they move. They you know if it were the uh, the lights on the helicopter, they would be in the same place. Right, <laughs> you know, right. they, they don't move around the helicopter. Has somebody magnified so, that to take a closer look at all? Uh, I have not seen that piece of video analyzed, no. Somebody, but needs, it would to, explain, somebody needs to do that, definitely. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And it would explain, you know, we've had so many eyewitnesses come forward talking about how they felt they were being chased and that the nobody could really tell which from which direction the gunfire was really coming. And and then at the same time, no one on the ground has been able to identify a shooter either, um, or at least not definitively. I know there's some video of uh, what appears to be a security guard or someone in the corner, bottom left corner of a frame that appears to be shooting, but I, it's too See, confusing. I, I to saw really that tell. too, Trish, and it was he, he looks like he crouches down and shoots, and then seconds later he crosses the frame to the right and stands there. It looks like it almost looked like Las Vegas PD because it was in beige uh, outfit with a with a vest on. So I mean, if it's the same video you're referring to, because that's that's the only one I, I really don't know saw. If that was even the same gentleman though. Well, that's I just because it looked like I'm just trying to correspond. Like literally, he crouches down and shoots, and you would right. I would think a lot of people would see that, and then especially if a law enforcement officer seconds later crosses that same path. I I didn't know if that was the that's same right. person or. That's kind of like you know part of what I wanted to talk to you about, or we wanted to talk to you about. There's so much. There was uh, there was antifa material. There was he was ISIS. Right. He was a drug smuggler. He was an arm smuggler. Every single day, it seems like there's some different form of story that's obviously different than the than the official narrative. But do you think that's part of this kind of black op psyop, if you will, is to convolute it with all of these different? misinformation, disinformation stories? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we've found so far in terms of analyzing the evidence, and just so you know a little bit about my, my background, is yeah. that I've been working as an analyst for about 30 years now, and I'm trained primarily in geopolitics as they relate specifically to financial markets. And my particular subspecialty is equity markets. So one of the things I was looking at, too, was all of the, the shorts by George Soros, the um, stock sales by the executives James of MGM in the weeks leading up. Yep. Yeah, and there are a lot of there are a lot of particulars about those that are very suspicious that um, I could share with you. But also in the process of doing this, one of the things we've been trying to understand is going through all of this evidence. The the September so George Soros shorts MGM stock in mid August. In mid-September, we get a warning, an anonymous warning by a man, I think his name was John. John on 4chan, yeah. Yep, uh, about the potential attack in Las Vegas. Right. And we also have these massive stock sales. I believe MGM's CEO sold off 80% of his stock. And yeah, what was that, the, do you know what the value of that was when he sold it? I've seen it, but now I don't recall. I think I, it was in the tens of millions, I believe. Wow. And, um, you know, one of the things about the way he sold that stock, the other thing about my background is that I served on the board of directors for a billion dollar New York Stock Exchange listed multinational for 10 years. And one of the things that is prudent for anyone serving in a role like that is to do what's called a 10B51 plan. And it's just a name for a type of stock sale program that you implement in advance so that you avoid even the appearance of impropriety. So what this document does is say, okay, in 90 days, you'll sell X number of shares in the open market. And that way it protects you from, you know, every three months you report your earnings for the company. And if you're two months into a three-month quarter, you're going to know really well um, whether or not you're going to make the quarter or whether or not, you know, you'll miss the earnings. So what MGM's CEO uh, Mirren did was sell off most of the stock in the last month of the quarter without Hmm. one of these plans in place. So this was clearly a reaction to some information that he made the sale. Well, you know his role with, uh, what is it called, the the sitting member of the the Department of Homeland Security, Security. National Infrastructure Advisory Council, and so then this – Bates the whole, you know, key bono as he lobbies for these these uh, scanners. scanners from OSI, which is Chertoff's organization. Exactly. Yep. That's in Chertoff. You know, just follow the money. And you exactly. Can find it. Yeah. But but what we also know is that you know we've we've seen all this information now about a potential gun deal gone bad. Several things have come up that confirm this line of thinking. Mm-hmm. One is that ISIS has taken credit three times now. And ISIS doesn't take credit for every one of these terror attacks. And in fact, it has declined credit in the past. But three times now it's come forward and said this. Interesting. We also know 
that these kinds of programs are pretty standard procedure for our CIA. They've armed terrorists across the world. Yes. And we, you know, we saw it in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen. We've done it with Al Qaeda, Al Nusra, and now it's ISIS in Syria. We did it with the neo-Nazis in Ukraine. And, um, this Stephen Paddock appears to be one of the men who's running the rat line locally. And a casino would be where you set this up because the mafia built those casinos for purposes of laundering their money. Absolutely. And that's that's what, you know, would be the only thing to make sense because a person doesn't make a living playing video poker either. No, that's no. just yeah, absurd. Five million, five million and dollars. And why would he be spending so much time at these casinos if he's not an independently wealthy individual in the first place, which he doesn't appear to be? Yeah, well, the, the thing that's and interesting so is he, he And so now made... we have uh, what appears to be a gun deal gone bad and i and i think what it's done is expose a covert program that the cia's been running to arm terrorists here in the us and i and i realize that's a very inflammatory statement but if you bear with me um you'll find that you know if you go back to a woman by the name of indira singh she exposed what was a pakistani manned CIA cutout called P-Tech. It was a technology company back in just around 9-11 is when she exposed this. And it turned out its primary investor was a Saudi terrorist who was on the terror watch list. um, Yankari, I think is his last name. And then this was run by Pakistani ISI that had been recruited by the CIA to infiltrate the Secret Service, they infiltrated the FBI, the military, um, uh, the Department of um, Justice, the House of Representatives. I mean, only almost every single agency had been infiltrated by these spies. And then not uh, three, four, five years later, Sibel Edmonds became an FBI whistleblower and exposed what what she discovered was an Israeli Turkish spy ring in the FBI. And this, I believe, was also set up by the CIA. I mean, it's just unbelievable what is going on. And so now we see with the Awan brothers, this Pakistani ISI spy ring set up by Dave. It appears David Petraeus is behind this one. And it's just the latest version in this program of selling drugs, which the Awans are doing heroin from Pakistan in these mango shipments, and then arming ISIS in uh, the Mideast. And I think this has now been adapted. What we saw in Las Vegas is that this program has been adapted for the U.S. And the FBI, having been infiltrated, and Michael McMahon is another whistleblower. He ran the um, national name check program for the FBI. And this was in 2008, I believe. And he blew the whistle when he found that these um, flags that were coming up for people going through this program were not being followed up. And they included flags for counterterrorism, counterespionage, espionage, and pedophilia. And these were all people who were going into key positions and needed security clearances. So we know that thousands upon thousands of individuals have come through that program and moved into positions of power within our government. And they're in 
all different agencies. It's not limited to just Congress or the FBI or anywhere else. And, so and that's you, the really scary part. And I Trish, Trish when, you, when you mentioned um, Western, basically Western intelligence organizations, and then you mentioned Israel, would that implicate potentially Mossad being involved in all of this? Yes. And I think also what I've come to discover myself anyway, that like with the CIA here in the U.S., there are good people in the CIA who are trying to expose it. And just like with Mossad. So there are the, you know, evil agents and then the ones who are really doing their best to uncover it. And um, this this particular one that's in the FBI that Sibel Edmonds exposed is actually also uh, Turkish spy ring, which would explain partly one of one of the WikiLeaks in um, the State Department warned about their concerns regarding the Gulan schools. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with no, yes. the oh, Ohio yeah. charter schools. They were taking visa applications from individuals who not only were applying to teach at these schools who had no English skills, but they also were directly tied to terrorist groups. But again, this was another <clears throat> point through which uh, um, terrorists were being funneled and smuggled into the U.S. So Fatula Gulan, which the people that don't know who he is, a billionaire out in Pennsylvania, um, I mean, is there any point where Trump's administration goes after this guy after he's been here doing so much, so many destructive things? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it seems like, you know, you wonder where Jeff Sessions is in all of this. I know, I've been thinking this. the same thing. And but I also, you know, I also try to remind myself that, you know, these forces that they're up against are incredible. I mean, we see all the people who are turning up dead related to the Las Vegas shooting already. I mean, witness after witness. Let's go through the people. Um, You know, there was a girl that already Kimberly, Kimberly Suchamel, I think her last name was. Yes, the 28 year old. Some sort of medical condition. She said she was epileptic. They said she was epileptic in the surge. uh, The the stress kind of uh, triggered a seizure and she died in her sleep. But this was days or hours after she had posted something on Facebook, you know, describing multiple shooters in Las Vegas. Now, can the guy that that the FBI searched his house actually, can he be actually tied to John Beelman? Um, can he actually, though, be tied to this Vegas situation? Because that was out east where his house got searched, and then not long after that, FBI the next killed, killed his his handicapped daughter and himself. Yeah. Well, did you see the story, though, about his suicide? Is that he shot himself in the back of the head with a shotgun. That is in print. I it's another Gary Webb situation. I just, yes. I just wonder who yes, wrote. I exactly. didn't look for who wrote it. I think he was. I think he may have been that whistleblower or or, or somehow hated as a whistleblower, it's just and that's weird how why they could tie he was where they said he was found dead. Where they said the phone charges but, somehow um, got 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 tied back to him. Am, am I correct in that? What's that? Where they they said that the phone charger that was found that didn't match any other equipment in the room was tied back to him. But I'm wondering how the hell do you trace a, a phone, phone charger back to you know somebody? I have no idea what what they were talking about there. Right. I don't either. And and it's really absurd for them to make a detailed comment like that when you consider the fact of all of the cameras in that area, just in that one hallway, if you think outside of Stephen Paddock's hotel room, and yet they can't get the timeline right. Right. On, yeah. You know, yeah. when they report a few hours, it doesn't take that long to look through video and get those well, details. Especially in Las you know? Vegas, you know, the most surveilled exactly. city in the world. Like it's, you know, that's. That's another big red flag as it relates but I, to... But I will story. say this, and Trish, I'll admit this in front of you and, and the world here. Many, 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 many years ago when I was in my 20s in Las Vegas, 
um, we were there for a fight, and everybody was celebrating after a big fight. And, of course, we were having fun and drinking. And, and apparently, um, I needed to go to the bathroom so badly that I couldn't get to a bathroom in time. So I actually peed in a garbage can <laughs> in, the, in the casino. And I didn't get arrested, so their, so their security team was pretty bad. Oh, well, you weren't stealing money. That's yeah, like, yeah. You had Public any- urination <laughs> and shooting massive people. At least know. I went in a garbage can, though. Right. But, but, but right. you know, I was 26 or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, somehow I, I don't think that's going to pop on the like radar. That. Yeah, of course we do. From I, I, I admit that. I admit that. <laughs> but, but we digress, ladies and gentlemen. But we digress. <laughs> so, I mean, another, another, you know, a question mark. What happened to the, the security guard, Renee Campos? He was about to go on live oh, with Fox, and then he, Jesus, 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 Jesus. yeah, and he disappears. Like, what, what is that? Right. And Laura Loomer, I don't know if you saw, went to his home when he didn't turn up. Right. There was no press there looking for him. Imagine. He was expected to give these major interviews, doesn't show up, and the press is not looking for him at his home. I mean, That's really? Absurd. That's so, absurd. and he witnessed, you know, the historic, the biggest massacre in U.S. history, right? So Laura Loomer goes there and knocks on the door. Someone answers, and after she presses them quite a bit about the whereabouts of Jesus, the person answering said that she was not able to comment, making it clear that she was under a gag order. And then Laura uh, questioned a gentleman who claimed he was a security guard for that uh, home who turned out to be employed supposedly by a company on scene that doesn't even have a legal license to operate as of uh, January 2017. I saw that. And then in addition to which... There was also some sort of statement by the union representative that Jesus Campos was spirited off to a rehab of some kind. And yet no one there's the, the someone attempted to contact the rehab and there's been no corroborating evidence of that. Well, and, so that yeah, and they're not going to talk to you about like if somebody calls like if I were to go into rehab or Jeff or you, um, they're not going to acknowledge that that we're even there, of course. So that's that's something that. That's not going to happen, but I will say um, that this guy showing up with, you know, we saw the doors of the hotel room. There's there's right. photos of those. There's no holes in them. Okay, they made the statement that 200 rounds were fired through the doors there. Don't tell me they blew one apart and didn't hit the other one with 200 rounds of, of ammo out of a 308 or a 223. That being one, and and so he shows up with one or two i don't know how many times he said he was hit one he didn't he went to a little clinic to get treated right which is garbage i get shot right. with a gun i'm going to a hospital number one I didn't right. hear that. I didn't um, hear that. two um, look the the shooter's dead okay he commits suicide i'm guessing the way the timeline goes that he killed himself before the cops even got to his room am i right about that okay that's they, what they're saying they found yeah. him dead the shooting was done because it took law enforcement so long to get to his room. The shooting was done for a long time. 70, so the, 70 minutes, supposedly. Yeah. Now, you tell me how many shooters kill themselves before they're confronted by the cops. The average is not very high. Right. Usually, they'll keep going. As long as they've got ammo and the cops haven't gotten there, they'll keep going. So that doesn't add up. Again, Campos, in my mind, I'm going to go as far out on a limb as I can. Now, do I necessarily 100% believe this? No. But it's a possibility that Campos was the guy there to buy the guns from Paddock. He killed Paddock. He was the shooter up top. They're potentially, from the witnesses that I've talked to, we're trying to get one on um, on either today or tomorrow or whenever we can get her. 
Um, she's she's scared. She's afraid to talk. But she basically, I'm just going to say, she was there, um, and she was uh, she basically said she saw shooters on the ground, and and she was hiding people in a certain area uh, where where people could run to and, and hide. But um, she's scared to death, and and um, she's she's very nervous about talking to us. We have to hide her identity and everything else. And then there I are can understand. and then there are paramedics who through uh, a good friend of mine at Vegas, um, said that there were small arms, like 22 rounds, and they found that 20, uh, on the, in the genes of one of the victims, there was a 22 um, caliber round trapped in his genes. Okay, so that's, like they were using 22s to almost herd people, right? Yeah, in yeah. That, and that's what people describe. Like there are several witnesses have described that, sensation of being herded and and over toward gate seven seems to be um, mentioned quite a lot but at the same time that's where the shooting some of the shootings seem to be coming from but i also wonder too if again that you know helicopter wasn't somehow involved in that herding process um you know for anybody who was on the ground i you, Ed, did you also hear though that there's an eyewitness, Joe Napoli, from the Tropicana, right. who saw shell casings, and there was shooting there. There, the Bellagio was <clears throat> right. reported. The New York, New York, New York, York. yeah, Aria. Um, on the police dispatch, the original yeah. police dispatch, yeah. they mention a suspect on the helipad, and they also mention numerous other hotels where shooting is reported. So yeah, that was something that was when that first broke. I was telling Pat, and you know, I listened to the scanner. It was about two hours worth, and I heard all of the different developments of different shooters here, different shooters there, and you know, after about five minutes, they would go like, "Hey, we're at New York, New York." Nothing here. We're at such and such. Nothing here. And I'm like, if nothing, if there was no shooting, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody called those in. You know what I right. mean? That had to have come from somewhere. And listening to the the stress in the officer's voice, they weren't like, hey, maybe a shooter. Someone were right. yelling like, we have a we have a shooter. We have victims here. So that's another thing that's so underreported. And I just and then where did the talk go of the uh, person that they shot? the law enforcement shot at the Hooters casino. Right. That's, that's been lost in the mix also, right? So Yeah. How is it's I just don't get how it's po I mean, I I get it, you know, we're, the official version is Lee Harvey did his thing 50 60 right. years ago. So I mean, I get it how they can lie and cover it up, but it's just like with all of what we're seeing the eyewitnesses we're seeing on the ground saying they they were hurting us and there was shooting on the even in the parking lot and the the taxi cab video where you could hear like almost right in front of you clack 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 and then clack 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 I mean you right. could hear different acoustic levels yeah I, I just and it, it's not an echo well right and, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about Trish and this is a part of the mis and disinfo that's been floating out there everywhere um, the, the gentleman who's kind of coordinating uh, the press conferences for the FBI is a gentleman by the name of Aaron Rouse, and it was reported that he was married to a lady, I forget her name, but she was John Podesta's daughter. Of course, this lady, Megan Rouse, I believe her name is, she is John Podesta's daughter, but Aaron Rouse isn't married to her. She's married right. to a man named Gordon, but the Rouse, is that, I mean, I'm you know. Tied that, together, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would imagine there's some affiliation of relation there. Yeah, and I, ha I, I saw that as well, and then I, um, I have not been able to track down any resolution to that. I don't know what the connection is, but I, I did see that, and 
made me wonder because there, and that's how they get away with this is that they keep people just confused enough so that they don't ever get the real story. But I will say though, I think that the, the tide is turning with this event, I believe, given how quickly people knew exactly where to look and what to look for when it happened. And they were so quick to put the, officials on the defensive. And um, I think that's a really great sign. And they're not going to be able to control the narrative the way they have in the past by destroying evidence. And and there were 300 assassinations, I think, associated with the JFK um, cover up. So, I mean, you know, we would know we're, we see the bodies adding up now and and people there's enough evidence out there where they're not going to be able to control this anymore. Even with all of this, Harvey, I think the Harvey Weinstein thing was an attempt yeah. to divert attention away from this. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. How they threw him under the bus. A, but I'm, here's what I worry about, Trish. As far as cover ups go. I'm worried more about a major, major, a massive event coming to make Vegas shooting go away. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know. While serving for the larger purpose of, you know, the larger technocracy of locking us down. I mean, they, they're not just talking about doing this stuff with the with the scanners in Las Vegas. They're talking about high school football games, movie theaters, malls. Like, this is going to be ubiquitous as these things yeah. continue. Sorry. That's right. I I think that's it. And even the people who in the past have had the emotional reactions that the officials wanted in when you're talking about something like Sandy Hook or these other um, or gun this, grab this events. even it's it's well, very third rail right now. It's like, oh, it's too soon. You know, I, I don't mean to cut you up, but it's never too soon to the longer they let the narrative, official narrative go, the harder it is to un it, if you know what I mean. So, right. you know, all of us, we all got to keep doing this and keep that tide and that inertia and going. Like, well, and like I tell people, well, even I said, the pe- it, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, even the people who would willingly have that discussion about banning um, certain magazine sizes or weapon types or whatever, the, that universe of people is already aware that this was a gun grab. Like that's what this was a setup to terrify people and try and gain more control and implement this police state a little bit further. So, um, you know, I'm also encouraged by that because that's normally where I would have gone in the past was like, oh, we got to ban these. We don't need them. Why do we have them? But even I can see through it at this well, point. And the conversation started immediately, you know, the, from from the stock. To, I mean, they just they just right? wasted no time, and that to me was just another. And I don't think events Big like these flag. are ju- yeah huge red flag. And I don't think the events like these are just for firearm right. restriction legislation. Right. It is, you know, a larger. And that's the thing. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, like we asked our guests last week. I mean, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. What do you? I mean, obviously, with all this information, there are so many options. What do you? What is your heart, your mind leading you towards thinking? What is happened? It, I, I'll say this, Trish. Is it possible that Paddock missed his meds for a couple of weeks, went nuts, and ended up shooting people? I I think that's implausible because, and that's what they're trying to say. The narrative now they threw out there that he um, was snapped because of the music, the loud music. It's like, well, how? Yeah, the guy just happened to have an arsenal of weapons and ammo on him. Right. Like, really? Yeah. He had I've, to have thought that through. That's in been order given to get all access to the freight elevators, according to yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I just don't see that as as plausible. But right. I mean, I, it could be. I certainly, if were there evidence to be presented to, to show that, of course, I would entertain it. But I just don't see anything that's suggested. And what I do see is that this is most likely he's a he's a weapons dealer selling to terrorists domestic. And I don't know if they're intended for Mideast um, consumption or, or the, in the U.S., but I think he got they got found out. And so, as you said, the, these events are used to further much larger agendas. And so they just, you know, went all in with the, you know, George Soros and the MGM executives and then the security and all of it. You know, they just went for it and used it like they probably did 9-11. Yeah. When we talked about it last week, the short selling of, you know, airline stock before 9-11, you know, it's right. just, there's a huge, like you said, just a data point that just points, you know, when you start talking about, talking about key bono and who benefits and follow the money, like. Where are your, where are your morals when you know, okay, a major event's going to come, start, start, start shorting stock, sell, sell. Um, and, I know. You know, you, you, where are your morals, where's the fabric of your, of your spirit when you're willing yeah. to do that sort of thing? And it's, and it's happened before in the past. We know that. Um, and, well, and, and George Soros, yeah, and George Soros has has openly admitted that he does not apply ethical considerations to his business decisions. He's a lovely, lovely human being, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's but, the thing. That's a huge frustration, Trish. When I I talk to so many people and I just watch people consume mainstream media, Pat and I say this all the time. You know, and I'm I'm glad we're here do, here doing these kind of shows because we're doing the work, the legwork that a lot of people don't have the time to do. But on the right. other side of that, even when they're exposed to the information, and this is such a huge component of this, and it's a testament to people's literally their humanity, the beauty of their humanity. They cannot understand the depth of the wickedness that they would yeah. engage in a a pizza gate or a pedo gate right. or a of nine eleven. They will bury as many bodies as necessary to fulfill these larger agendas, which take twenty, thirty, forty, well, fifty look years. At, look at the actresses right now that um, are still attacking Trump, but yet they were right. molested by by Weinstein. Right. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. know that tells you they're they're willing to take the money, uh, take the hit from a, from a, a monster like that, but still attack Trump. Yeah, it, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Although I will say too, on the latest Weinstein um, scandal, you can see people are almost um, it's almost mainstream now that people acknowledge that pedophilia and pedigate have some truth to them. Yes. and I I think that's really positive. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Craig, Craig Sawman Sawyer, former SEAL Team Six and uh, right. former former Marine. You know, we had him on our podcast, and and he started that nonprofit organization, which is I forget, uh, I, I forget vets vets for children, something like uh, that. Yeah. And you know, he he started that to go after after uh, pedophiles and to rescue children in the sex trafficking industry, and and he flat out says, you know, long before this, I mean, when we had him on our show, that you know it's it's rampant in Hollywood, and he's going after them, and, and he said we've got to shine a light on it. That's the main thing to the, the main way to combat this and that's what's happening now is a light's being shown on it and i think people are going to start ratting on each other yeah i i think so too and i don't know if you saw um that liz mckean who exposed the new york times ceo mark thompson yeah. when he was the chief of bbc he covered up the elite satanic pedophilia there right. and liz mckean exposed him he left bbc 
and went directly to the New York Times. Wow. <laughs> and then she turned up dead two months ago. That's right. That's right. Whoa, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's and and also, you know, we have news clips from Tom um, Brokaw talked about it in 1989. He did a report on the the Reagan Bush Bush White House House, child sex trafficking. Then also um, Chuck Todd did a report on in 2013 of the State Department cover up of child sex trafficking that reached, quote unquote, the highest levels. While Clinton was while Clinton was in the State Department. Yes, and her reasons for killing the investigation were to save jobs and avoid scandal. Never mind the children who are being trafficked, but... Well, yeah, this is Hillary Clinton, who her first case was defending a guy who, you know, raped an underage gal. So I think that maybe maybe Sessions and Trump, you know, Trump has already mentioned it in a press conference, the the sex trafficking and everything else, and that he was going after them and MS-13 and everything else, so... Um, this unraveling is obviously because of Trump being in office. It would never be happening had Clinton won, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sessions may, behind the scenes, uh, be, in that, be doing that quiet work, that, that hard work, you know, getting his, yeah. getting his arms in it up to his elbows and getting after people and just not bragging about it. Right. You know, I, well, you know I, I I would love to have that healthy optimism, but I'm just you know I host a show called or co-host a show called The Conspiracy Farm, and I remain a cynic. And I just I, I, me personally, I, you know, you just don't get to become head of FBI or unless you are compromisable. Like you just there are no lone gunslingers going in there. Like what? There's what going on? Oh, I'm gonna go put a stop to that. Like you wouldn't be in that position if you were really going to be putting it. You know, because anybody with any real conscious mind and heart would hear this stuff and be like, that's gonna end now. But they can't. Right. It's so systemic. It's so everywhere. They have to have people who they know who are on the team. In my humble opinion, you know, but, you know, Pat, you were right about Trump getting in. I really thought the establishment was so deep that Hillary was just going to be their go-to person. But I did also say that he's going to be so surrounded by Judas's, he's not going to be able to get anything done. And that's kind of not just even just Judas's, just, you know, professional bureaucrats that are on the on the on the globalist side. Well, the CIA itself, you know, he in March, Donald Trump said he wanted to put an end to the CIA arming of terrorists. And that was, confirmed. That was confirmed by a friend of mine who is um, former special forces and former intel guy, very high up to the point where his business partners are the high. They came from the highest position in the U.S. government in, in, in terms of intelligence. So when I asked him, did Trump put an end to that, is, can you confirm that for me? He said, absolutely, 100%. He stopped it. And we see ISIS you know, losing ground um, ever since that happened. Yes, but at the same time, the CIA was frantically filling its uh, contracts. It had $2.2 billion in contracts it was filling to sell weapons to ISIS in Syria. Right. And they're they're destroying the records now as we speak. Yeah. Well, and luckily so, we had uh, Dilyana Gaitanjeva on uh, yes. a few weeks ago. And that was, I mean, she really blew the lid off of that, like boots on the ground, seeing the... You know the the, the weapons. The, the weapons. She went into from those caches. From. Yes, I can't believe she did that. Wow. She's I got mean, some guts. And that's really what we need is not just necessarily conjecture, speculation. You know, articles from Snopes or whatever. Right. We need people who are literally boots on the ground. And kudos to her because she wound up losing her job, but she wound up. I think she's now working with Sabelle Edmonds, who's you know a huge, huge hero she's of mine. She's incredible. We're, yeah, we're yeah. a big fan of Sabelle. Um, well, and ladies and gentlemen, everyone's probably wondering, like, oh, you guys are going to be talking about Las Vegas. I mean, it, as we speculate <laughs> here and hypothesize, like Trish says, and if you go back to some of our interviews with Trish and Jason Goodman, George Webb, we talk about the rat lines which encompass people, drugs, money, you name it. It's you all know, tied weapons, together. Organs. 
it's it's possibly all together. So you have to entertain. You know, like I said, if you understand how many times they've lied to you, you would be a fool to go to them for the truth. That's why I say we're all like Stockholm syndrome. We're going yeah. to the person who abuses <laughs> us for for you know good tidings. So it's up to us to really do the work, Chris. I mean, obviously you do it. I'm a huge fan of your work. Obviously that's Thank why you're you. here, Pat. We're we're trying to do it as well. Um, anything else you want to shout out? Any social networking? Where can we follow Miss Trish the Dish? I'm on Twitter at Trisha Dishes, and that's where I'm most active. And I'm also on Facebook at Patricia Negron, and I publish on Medium.com. So I've done a series called The Accidental Journalist about George's work. So um, that's one way to find out a little bit about what's going on because it's so hard to understand. It's so complex and it's very complex. Like we've already so. talked about the Awans, you know, pedo. It all is interwoven, and you really have to take the time to find out. It's not just one monolithic group, one monolithic event, or whatever. It is. I, I always say, man, evil roams this countryside, and it. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's a little bit of everywhere. Well, one thing I'll leave you with is that uh, a gentleman by the name of Charles Ortel, you might know, yeah. who uncovered um, financial fraud on Wall Street with General Electric, has been studying the Clinton Foundation financials. And all it would take would be an IRS chief yep. with some chutzpah to just demand Clint- the Clinton Foundation prove that it's done what it says it's done. And by that act alone... It's a wrap. It, they could bring down all of those networks, at least temporarily. The head of, the IRS, th- the head of the IRS is an evil little yeah. imp. When yeah. I watch him testify and smirk yep. in front of congressional hearings and just basically act untouchable, it makes you want to literally strangle him yourself because you know he's an evil little tool uh, yeah. for these people. And I tell you what, man, because he, he, was, he was the guy that, that was told and and did the bidding and weaponized the IRS to go after uh, constitutional Americans. And I tell you what, man, that that guy has there's there's something coming for that guy. There is karma coming for that guy one way or another. I, well, if we just can replace him, that could that could really just gut this whole this whole thing. Yeah. Well, and I was asked uh, by a loved one of mine, you know, with us doing this show. Um, what are we doing? Are we just talking about conspiracies? Are we in some way providing a solution? And, you know, it begins, ladies and gentlemen, with becoming aware. Yeah. And if you are unaware, then what we're saying is over your head. Under, I mean, it's just something that's going to go in one ear and out the other. You have, Like anything else, you know, alcoholism, you can't change it unless you're aware of the problem. Like there is a huge problem, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to, I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show. The level of sophistication of this social engineering network and all of this is so it's so sophisticated, and obviously with social engineering, you don't know what's happening when it's happening. But we gotta wake up. That's the only way to see really, you know, to really put an end to some of this stuff. Is, is well, to- if enough people like us speak out and help make others aware, the light gets shine on, shown on it first, and then right. the momentum is built. The snowball builds as it goes downhill, and all hell breaks loose eventually. Hopefully, and these people are removed slowly but surely. I think they are being removed. I think that. Uh, well, this I Las think- Vegas story is a perfect example. Within 24, 48 hours, you know, they had to rewrite their narrative. I mean, it was just citizen yeah. journalists were doing that. Absolutely, it was awesome. It really was, and I think, like you said, Pat, there's going to be more of that as hopefully more people turn away from the idiot box in the mainstream media and start to. And that before we let you go, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. 
as we know, uh, you know, the CIA has their hands in a little bit of everything. And as we know, what we what we do is called alternative media. They've even jumped into that. So as a part of all these disinformation and misinformation articles about Las Vegas, what are your thoughts on alt media as we know it being somewhat infiltrated? Well, the beautiful part that I think we're seeing now is the evolution of that um, that channel into one where it really effectively vets information, so which you don't have with mainstream media. So what I see happening is that something from 4chan will get posted, people will, you know, circulate it around, and then it'll come back either, no, this is, you know, yes. fake, or, yeah, yeah, I can confirm that, here's some more supporting data. And so I think we have, like, such a competitive advantage <laughs> for that reason. And that's totally true. That's absolutely happened like, with the Aaron Rouse, the, the Antifa literature was supposedly mm -hmm. found. Like, these things came and went very quickly through, you know, the filter that is. The vetting, know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And not to make any suggestions, but the unraveling of this Vegas situation, I think, is Campos. And so I'm not suggesting people go out and kidnap him and waterboard him. But, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying. He's, he's obviously, yeah. Yeah, he's he's part of this. He's part of this whole thing, and and they're hiding him somewhere. They're yeah. hiding him. Yeah. And so, did you guys see the video of Paddock in Atlantic City on October sixth? No, no. With his girlfriend, and I'm convinced it's him. Like it, it's good video. Okay. And so <laughs> I'll what, have to send it to you. What was he doing? Playing poker. Right. Wait a minute. He supposedly got taken out October first, right? <laughs> supposedly, I think. He's a key asset for that drugs and weapons trading program. And so they he got found out. They killed off somebody they needed to get rid of, scurried him off to Atlantic City so nobody would be looking. You know, nobody, everybody's looking in Las Vegas. Who's looking in Atlantic That's City? That's still a pretty heftily surveilled spot. You'd think he'd want to go kind of lay low you for think? a while. Like somewhere in the Philippines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or South America. But, but again, think how sloppy these guys are. They, well, they're they certainly loose ends. They're terribly, certainly loose ends. I don't, that would be very. That would be very brazen. To that do would be that. so freaking. So to brave. me, I, I don't know if I buy that. I'll look at the video real close. But um, you know, to me, he uh, sounds like a Barry Seal to me. This guy sounds like Barry Seal, up and down, weapons, drug smuggler. I even heard a little bit about children with the Philippines and Southeast Asia. So yeah, I started to see some of that too. But. Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, Trish, as any of these stories develop, you know what I mean? We, we got to have each other's back. So if any other story comes up or anything goes down, you are obviously welcome to come back here to uh, thank you. kick any of your knowledge to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to pass along, you know, at, in real time through social media, you know, stuff that I come across. Very cool. Sure. Thank you, Trish. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been our pleasure. Mrs. Patricia Negron has been joining us today. Thank you so very much, Patricia. Stay tuned, thank everyone, you. and thank you for viewing. Get yourself a T-shirt. Go to PayPal. Check out our <laughs> link. And uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Peace and love. There will be more.